everybody. Welcome back to episode 11 of the Shooting Time Podcast um, with myself, Phil Conkey. I got Ryan Graves on again, and Bill Bartz is joining us as well. Um, hey, how's hey it guys? going, guys? Hello, guys. Doing well. Keeping cool here in our last day of heat for a while, so I'm uh, excited for that. I think we have... Have you guys... I know, Phil, you and I aren't that far apart. Have you guys been just as hot as I am over here in Minnesota? I know a oh, lot no. of the country is crazy hot. Is yeah. it? It's crazy hot down here in the south. <laughs> crazy hot. I, think we're, I mean, I think we're looking at, you know, I think the next 10 days are supposed to be um, supposed to be some record heat and heat index. And um, so, yeah, too hot, too hot for me. We've been, yeah, we've been pretty decent here. And tomorrow, I think our high is only supposed to be 70 one or 73 or something like that with low like 58 degrees so i'm i'm looking forward to a little uh, bonfire in the backyard tomorrow night and a sweatshirt so not to rub that in but it has been it has been really nice it's- yeah not here we've been massive humidity in minnesota basically every day yeah we had a little of that we had our windows open the last two nights. I had to close up and turn the air conditioner on today. But other than that, it's been decent. So, oh no, we haven't been able to do that. Good. We haven't. We haven't been able to have the windows open in. Uh, I don't know. Probably six weeks or better. So. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man, no, thank you. I had. I'm not um, built for me. We had um. Um, or I saw a, a post from a friend of mine in Texas, and his the heat indexes were all like over a hundred degrees for his next 10 days. And I was in Texas, I think in February before all the Corona stuff started. And even in February, it was too hot for me. I mean, I, like I didn't enjoy that. It was like eighties, upper eighties. then, and I thought that was hot. And I couldn't imagine every single day looking at the 10 day forecast and seeing 107 degrees. I, I'd, I know I'd be gone. Yeah I, yeah. I definitely couldn't. I definitely could not do that. You know, fortunately, where we're at here in the Midwest, you know, we get, you know, we get the we get all four seasons usually. Um, you know, so I mean, we get, you know, we'll get the heat, but it's not, it doesn't last as long as I say it does down in Texas and all that. I, I, no, I, I could, there's I could something else. Well, you guys get the humidity though too, and that's something different. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't. Did we talk about that last week? Did we bring that up? I think we talked about it on the episode that didn't come to be because it got deleted about how cold it is in the south yeah well when- i was just I'm, I'm i just now um logged on my phone and looked and like this coming week we're supposed to have like heat indexes of upwards of 108 to 110 degrees oh yuck <laughs> so we get that like one or two days a year basically yeah. Well, it's it's the classic question. You know, it's been hot here in Minnesota, and the question that me and my buddies have all been asking each other: What would you rather have? Would you rather have heat indexes of a hundred plus humidity and stale wind, or well, Ryan, you maybe don't deal with this as much, but here in Minnesota, would you rather have windy fifteen below? Well, uh, the, the problem is we get both, so. It- we get it all that's the correct thing which one which one do you guys rather have i guess it's just what you get used to because i always know like when we have uh in the winter time when we have extended cold i'm always like man i couldn't live like this all the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know people here just you just after a while you just kind of accept it i mean you know people are isolation and so but i 
I guess uh, that would be the difference if, if, you know, if it was something that we were used to all the time and we had traditions and, and, um, and just always did the and things clothing. like ice fishing and, and ice skating and all that, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, you know, if, if I bought an ice shanty, you know, you might be able to use that once every 10 years, you know, yeah, maybe. For, and I, it might only be able to be for a couple of weeks if, if that, you know, so, I mean, if, like I say, if it was the culture, you know, it'd be different, but. Yeah. And uh, people don't, you probably don't have the clothes. I mean, people aren't geared up the same and yeah, it's just. Yeah. Just that and I say, and, and, um, you know, I mean, our, our state and local governments, we don't have the, we don't have the road. Um, no infrastructure you know, to deal with snow. Yeah. To deal with all that stuff. So mm-hmm. I think uh, I maybe like I, I maybe told the story. I think I told it on one of the first episodes, but we were in Northeast Arkansas duck hunting in January one time. And it was me and my friend, Mark and Levi. It was three of us, me, Mark and Levi. We were, um, I mean, it was a beautiful day. Like it had snowed the night before and we went duck hunting and we shot our ducks and we went back, got back, you know, like 10 o'clock to the hotel, 11, whatever, and went to the China buffet for lunch at noon. And it was 50 some degrees out, maybe, maybe an inch of snow left on the ground. I mean, scattered, you know, like scattered And every restaurant in town, except I think the China buffet was closed. Like yeah. no one, like they went open with signs like closed due to extreme weather. And we were out there in sweatshirts and it was a beautiful day. And <laughs> I, I kind of laughed. And so it's just, so, yeah. it's just so different. Well, well, you just said something on there that like, that I have on my unwritten rules of, of duck hunting. And that is leaving to go to a Chinese buffet. <laughs> well, you can't eat no. beforehand. Was you go? Was were you guys gonna go back and hunt in the afternoon? No, we were done. We killed. Oh, okay, okay, we, we, yeah. killed, we killed out yeah. that morning. Yeah, you're good. But there was a time years ago where um, me and my buddy John Hoffman, like, we thought that you know, let's leave the blind and let's run in town get something to eat, and, oh. and for you know, for whatever reason, we're like, yeah, let's go to the Chinese buffet, and we went back out to the blind. Yeah, that that. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not as big of a deal. If you're not in the woods, I mean, if you're in the flooded timber, you don't have much option to, well, take, I can to, take, you, to I take care was, of that. At least well, if I you're on, you, I, was, I was in a very nice blind and, oh. it, and it still sucked. <laughs> yeah, but you probably had like water all around you, right? Like you didn't, couldn't just walk out to dry ground. Yeah, no. no yeah, no, that's no. the, then you're like completely out of luck. I mean, you, yeah. that's an emergency situation. No, we would. I would never do that. I try. Yeah. That's why one reason I don't even drink coffee in the mornings because what the effect it has on everybody else. Yeah, I'm not a coffee drinker either. Uh, thank God. You know, I remember that actually because everybody freaking else in the world has got to stop at the damn gas station and get coffee every morning. It doesn't matter if we were 15 minutes late, which we really never are. But it doesn't matter if we want to be at a spot at a certain time. Got to stop and get coffee. Got to stop and get coffee. And I don't drink coffee. So it drives me crazy that everybody is like can't function I got, without coffee. I know you're a damn coffee drinker too. I got the I got the the hot tip to cure that for hunters out there that have to have that coffee. What's that? Learn to like cold brew and just pack it into your blind bag. Yeah. But I think people like That's, the heat, the warmth. Uh, well... I mean, I understand like, because I'm I like hot chocolate, but I just brew it in the cook it in the morning while I'm getting ready. So it's I just throw it in my cup and go. 
but I, I can't imagine. I'm not a coffee drinker, but if I was, you know, I don't, I don't know if I could do the cold brew. You know? Yeah, I want. Some, I like something warm. Like that's why I like hot chocolate. Yeah, that's kind of subdivision there, as Phil Robertson would say. Yeah, <laughs> it is. But I do not make people go out of their way to pull over and get me. If I forget my hot chocolate, and then I'm just not getting yeah. hot chocolate. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to freak out about it. But I will tell you what, I will, you know, one thing I do remember about being in South Dakota that like is I, I walked over there to the to get something to drink and they had diet squirt soda there. <laughs> <laughs> that was I mean, when I opened that door and saw that, it's like I saw Jesus. <laughs> so I've never uh, had diet. Is it still have the same like bite and intensity? Yeah, like, I mean, does it feel like it's like you're like you're. Like your throat is ripping out when you drink it. Uh, you know, I don't drink regular soda, so but oh, but man. I can tell you, I mean, but I think Squirt is just like one of those really soothing soft drinks. And when they had it, and, and I don't really drink it all that much anymore because you know around here you can't get the Diet Squirt, or you or you, I guess you can in a twelve pack, but you can't walk into a gas station and find Diet Squirt in a twenty ounce bottle like I did That's there. Funny. And I'm like, I probably spent like forty bucks on <laughs> bottles of Diet Squirt while I was out there. Man, that stuff in a can, like I used to live, like when I was little, like half the body fluids in me were probably from derived from squirt cans. And oh I would, my gosh. and I would like, you know, I rode bike like crazy when I was little. And so I'd ride bike around town, come back, be thirsty. And I, in a can, a can of cold squirt when you're thirsty, yeah, you drink it's that. So it's, it's so refreshing. There's nothing like, I mean, it's like you're drinking like, like gasoline it's so like potent going down your throat i mean it's awesome i loved it <laughs> but man that stuff was wicked and i haven't had it i haven't had squirt forever i might I, i've kind of went off i went on a, a no pop thing like four or five years ago and i tried to lose some weight and i've been good at staying away from it but now yeah. a squirt talk i might have to just go get one and hopefully <laughs> hopefully i don't end up back on the wagon yeah uh <laughs> Oh man. So we kind of got off on a tangent there, but Bill, I was going to ask, I saw you guys got pounded on Saturday by that rain, didn't you? Or hail or something. Were you guys busy that day? Uh, like usual, Minnesota storms, depending on where you were. Um, but yeah, on Saturday we had some pretty good rain showers go through, you know, thunderstorms here in general have just been, seems like when you get it, it's been extreme. It's been a new, um, a new th well, it's not even new anymore for five years or so what used to always be like a half inch or oh like i remember when i was younger getting one inch was kind of a big deal or over an inch but now most of our thunderstorms seem to be producing several inches every time we get them um me where i was uh we didn't get much but you know some areas just south of me and that got several inches in a short amount of time yeah, that's a big because that was kind of cool. You sent me a picture of like the backside of that storm. You could see oh, it from your right. house. Yeah, so mm -hmm. we live almost like it's a three and a half hour drive for me to get to Bill. Um, he's basically straight east of me, and so mm -hmm. Saturday I was in my backyard doing some bunch of tasks, projects, and stuff, and um, I looked out to the east, and it's flat here in South Dakota. If you've never been here. And I could see up, like way up in the sky, these huge clouds, like big, huge thunderheads. So I pulled up my weather app. And I'm like, I wonder where those are at. I figured they're probably like 40, 50 miles away. 
and they were like halfway between me and Bill. So I sent him a text, him and another buddy. I said, hey, um, just so you know, these are the storms that are coming at you guys right now. I can see them. And it was pretty wild because I think it was like 100 and, it was 100 and some miles away. I could see him playing his day. Mm-hmm. We've had that same, yeah. that same stupid thing with the storms. We just miss them. We, yeah yeah just it depends on depends on where you were but some places got it we were doing a um a food event at the pizza farm we're going mobile now we're we're going off of the pizza farm and trying to sell pizzas at other places and i did learn on saturday how much that can affect sales in one day we went from a line out in front of our pizza stand to did not sell another pizza for the rest of the evening basically in a <laughs> very short amount of time ah that's the worst so that impacted us there, but that's the way it goes. That's the the bed you make, you lie in. And since I'm in the outdoor food industry, yeah, some days you win, some days you lose. That's right. That's right. It's nice. Yeah. Have you guys uh, started on any like hunting projects yet? I um I've been done for about a couple of weeks, but the last thing I've done is you know I completely you know my boat. I put um, a whole new. Oh, I put like a whole new like central, um, you know, like central deal where I've got like all access to everything where, you know, and put the, you know, uh, all your switches. Yeah. Put, yeah. All my switches are right there where I need them. And, you know, I put lights inside the boat and I put some of those snake lights under it. Um, you know, just to see like when we're out there in the mornings doing decoys and stuff, just be nice to have some, some lights. But, but right now that's, you know, that's, that's about all I've done. Um, you know, I know two weeks ago we had um, a good bit of our, you know, one of our hunting spots. We had all, all the corn was washed away. Then I think they got it replanted last week. Then, then I think uh, yesterday or the day before, like um, like Bill said, you know, there was a, I don't know, in an hour and a half time, there was four to six inches of rain. So uh, washed it all mm-hmm. away again. So it's just, is it, is it the same? Is it the same down by you, Ryan, that like thunderstorms used to just be like a quick downpour, whatever, but are you guys just getting like higher rain totals with all these? I don't know. It just seems like in a lot, like I, I, you said that a second ago and I didn't chime in, but like, I agree with it. Like, you know, like in the last so many years, it's, you know, we just get, we just get a lot of rain in a short amount of time where I just don't mm-hmm. remember that. Like, not that it didn't happen, but if it did, right. I don't remember it as much. Yeah, I'm the same. It seems to happen way more frequently, which from a duck hunter's perspective, it's kind of a good thing in our area, at least because it, it, <laughs> it might put certain things underwater that are beneficial. Yeah. It's not I'm, it's I'm, not great for a farmer. I know that, but if you're yeah. a duck hunter, it's a good thing. Seems just like anything else anymore. It's like, you know, you, it's all or nothing. It's more extreme. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's just it's a sign of the times. It's like, you either get a little or you get no, like, you either get a little or you get it all. There's no in between. You know, it's kind of like even the weather in the, in the in the during duck season. It's like we either get it or we don't. You know, there's um, you know, and unfortunately, like I said, we talked last week, last couple of years we haven't. So, I don't know. Maybe this year we'll even out. You know, yeah, maybe just even out a little bit and how about and get this? Back to how about this? Like, well, a fair amount of rain north of you through October, and then sun every day in Kentucky from about november 20th through december right oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll tell you i mean the thing about like where we are the reason we get so much water is because 
you know, we're just south of where the, you know, we're, we're along the Mississippi River. Then, you know, just north of us is where the Ohio, you know, uh, merges into the Mississippi. You know, then just, you know, 30 miles to the east of that is where the Cumberland and the Tennessee Rivers dump into the Ohio. You know, so then you got all your other smaller rivers and tributaries and everything. It's just all, it all just all combines right here. So it's just, you know, on, on wet years, like these past couple of years, I mean, when it gets wet, it, it, it gets really wet. <laughs> oh yeah. It just fluctuates so, so much. Yeah. So, hmm. I don't know. It's perfect. You know, it's perfect. Like I say my, my ideal duck season, if I hadn't, my, my pick would be to start out a little bit on the dry side, you know, just to get a little bit to where, yep. you know, get enough rain that yep. we don't have to do a whole lot of pumping at our, you know, at the farms that we can pump. Um, then, you know, you get a, like I say, get 10 days into December, you know, start really getting, um, you know, get a real good precipitation event. But, uh, but, you know, to even go before that, you know, we have the ideal is to have, you know, good, you know, good cold fronts the end of October, 1st of November to get those ducks down here and South of us, you know, so that we get, um, you know, when, so when we do have a lot of South winds, you know, we'll get birds trafficking back up from the South as well. Um, but you know, that, that's my ideal is to, uh, you know, start out a little bit dry and, you know, to start off a little bit cold early to get some ducks down and a little dry to then in, in, like I say, in the first 10 days of December, if we can get a real good precipitation event, you know, start to get the rivers and backwater out a little bit, then, um, then man, we'll, we'll be golden. I'd take that. You know, yeah. like I say, I mean, I would, you know, I don't want to ever, you know, pray for too much cold weather because, you know, like for for us down here, you know, I, I, you know, you hear all these people say that, you know, when, when you got flooded corn and you can keep water open, you keep ducks like, you know, I mean, I will put my hand on the good book and say, you know, I mean, we've got a couple spots that, you know, we've got four ice eaters. We can run at each one. You know, we can have holes as open as you know, you know, some of the best looking duck holes you've ever seen, but when it's frozen, everything's iced up, you know, you can go out there all day long and not see a duck. Yeah, so, I mean, but, but where we do have an advantage by running the ice eaters is that we're, you know, we're a good five to six days ahead of the thaw, you know? So when things do start thawing, cause when, when, you know, around here, when you hunt a thaw, you know, that's, that's, that, that's when things can start to get really right. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're just, we're, you know, if we can just keep open water during the hard times of the freeze that, that when the thaw starts to come, you know, we're ahead of the game, but you know, but this, the thing you can just keep a couple ice eaters out there and just sit out there and, and, and pound ducks and stack them up like cordwood, you know, that, that, you know, it's not possible, you know, you know, I'm not saying guys can't do that somewhere, but it's sure not like that. That's where we're at. That's definitely a misconception. You know, it's just like all the ducks go either, either go further south or they just go sit on the rivers or wherever else, but they do not fly until, um, you know, they will sit until, you know, things open back up. Yeah. It just gets mm -hmm. too cold. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, that's, uh, our weather is shaping up. If it stays like it is, we're going to be sitting pretty good, I think up here. Yeah. So, which, you know, on that note, I went out for a little drive, uh, just a couple nights ago. Didn't even go real far. Just took kind of a loop north of my house and, was checking out a few sloughs and seeing what was out for water and looking for baby deer and ducks and all that. And I tell you, there's a very significant amount of ducks being made 
in South Dakota this year. Um, I know that again, we had a really good hatch last year and just these little tiny little seasonal ponds that I drive by, I'm seeing like everyone has got, you know, whether it's a mallard or a lot of blue wings, we nest a lot of blue wings in this area. Uh, we got a lot of those, uh, a fair amount of spoonbills, some the occasional pintail and a fair amount of mallards sitting around right now. So I think there's going to be a lot of ducks produced in South Dakota um, which I guess kind of goes along with the um, uh, little blurb that Delta uh, Waterfall put out maybe a week or two ago. Um, they interviewed just a few guys from, I think one guy was up in Canada. Uh, somebody was in up around Bismarck. And then there's somebody in South Dakota they talked to. Maybe that guy did both. But, um, you know, he, they were saying in there that, that South Dakota, again, for the second year in a row, has had, you know, well above um, average nesting conditions. North Dakota was good this year after being pretty poor the last couple of years. Um, I think all eastern North Dakota and all the way out to western um, were, were really good, you know, as far as their, I mean, obviously the extreme western part of the state of South Dakota, or west, well, South Dakota and um, North Dakota aren't really duck production areas, but uh, out to West Central is. And that's all, I guess that's all really wet um, as well as us. And then I think I think they said Canada was going to, was way better than last year in the Eastern and kind of like Central parts. And then as you got a little more West, it dried up again. So hopefully the stuff that we produce here in the Dakotas and maybe Montana, if they're I don't know what Montana's like, but if we can kind of offset some of that stuff that's dry out in Canada again, we can still have a pretty good production of, of birds. So, yeah, for sure. I think I saw the same thing. Like I, I did see something last week. I don't know if it was DU or Delta, but it was just showing that you know the the precipitation up there, and you know the and it showed that you know the areas of Saskatchewan and Manitoba that. Um, that I usually look at, you know, they're, they, it showed them they were, they're better than they were last year. They're still not great, but I, it's it, definitely a lot wetter than it was last year, comparatively speaking. Yeah. I, I think last year, South Dakota's duck production basically saved a lot of species, you know, like the overall, um, in the flyway, in the all well, continental populations for that matter, really saved, I think, teal, uh, it made a big impact on the mallards and those are probably the biggest ones that we have but i think pintail numbers were really good too coming out of south dakota here so yeah it shows what just regional rain can do um it's kind of neat to be part of it i mean that i can drive around right now and you know see i can tell what's going to happen in the fall so mm -hmm. absolutely i can just tell you you know just by being in um you know, like where we hunt in Saskatchewan is kind of on the western side, you know, along the yep. Alberta border. But it was so dry there last year. Like, um, you're just driving around, like, you know, pretty much all the potholes were dry. You know, in areas that we yeah. traditionally would find, you know, areas that we traditionally would find ducks, or, you know, we just weren't seeing them. Um, you know, so, I mean, we was having to, you know, not that it's a big deal, but, you know, we was definitely having to log a, um, put a, put a lot more time on the windshield behind the wheel of to find them last year when we normally we could find them closer to where we stay. So yeah, that's a big deal. I mean that you know not only does that local rain affect 
hunting and where ducks end up, but it affects the production. So I mean, it's two. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, you know, it's got two things coming at it from a hunter's perspective that you know it produces the ducks and it also keeps them there or moves them to an area. So that's a big deal. Yeah. You know, yeah, you, you can just tell how dry it was when we were there in October. That you know, I mean, that was that was that was lingering drought. Yeah, you know, so, so obviously, you know, the production in those areas could not have been could not have been great. And also, too, I can, you know, the 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 overall numbers were just down in the area that we were. So it just shows that production north of there wasn't great either. Yeah, because there's nowhere, to nothing to move into it. Yeah, just mm-hmm. to where you know the 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 more the concentration of birds were. The higher concentrations of birds were a little bit further south of where we go. Yeah. So, you know, speaking of Canada, I know we talked about it last weekend, but it's looking more and more um, after some of the after some of the discussions and just things you hear and see on the news that there will not, not I can't say there won't, but it's appearing that there won't be hunting from U.S. residents going into Canada this year. Um, I think something. Yeah. Like- does not does not does not look favorable i think i finally swallowed the pill that it's not going to happen so yeah and you know with that i know that a big discussion came up um like a bunch of senators or congressmen u.s congressmen wrote to canada urging them to you know reevaluate opening the border and yada yada and didn't i don't think it got a real great reception so no i I read that same article yeah so that's probably not happening and you know, I just I sat there like, well, it's really not going to happen. And so, a couple things coincided with that for me is right around that time on the what did I say the thirteenth, um, right on the tenth, that night at midnight, the South Dakota uh, lottery closed for non-resident waterfall licenses, and I got, geez, I got like three or four phone calls that afternoon and evening, a couple late at night, asking about applying and where to go and um, if people were coming out to hunt with me and that. So. <clears throat> I th- yeah. I, I'm assuming that these last two or three years, our um, non-resident licenses really haven't drawn out or we're really, really close to drawing out only. Um, but I'm guessing this year that'll probably go up. And just by the number of discussions on Facebook that I've seen about people asking generic and general and beginner questions about North Dakota, I think what we were talking about last week is pretty much going to be the case because it's there's a lot to talk about that yeah i mean there's going to be people that are going to looking to go somewhere and yeah um, and early really yeah I mean, that's you most, know and for us you know, for us southern hunters it's hard to to you know it's i mean it's tough it's difficult to sit down here and when their seasons are open in the north and oh, not yeah, want to go september yeah yeah i mean there's you know because a lot a lot of places don't open till thanksgiving and absolutely and i mean that's that's when we open up and some of these places around here we're damn near closed by thanksgiving so that's a yep. big deal so that's i mean a whole season's worth and if a guy can i mean i i do it i hunt hunt in september hunt october november december then i travel in january to keep my season going so yeah so I, I we actually we just like we just like to flip that and <laughs> oh yeah there's no question yeah. so i think it'll be interesting to see what's going on and you know one of the other things i mean so it's going to affect people's trips you know and, mm-hmm. and, and one of the things that i've always noticed and i noticed i really took notice of it 
um, here in the last 10 years or so when I worked at Cabela's, um, South Dakota, if no one knows, which would be hard not to know, is like the pheasant capital of the world, pheasant hunting capital of the world. And where I worked at Cabela's, I mean, the day the day before pheasant season, I mean, it was like, it was the one of the biggest hunting events probably in the country. And the amount of people that would come was just like unreal. Well, I felt like what one thing that was interesting was like the, the state would put out a count of how many pheasants, you know, they counted each late summer. And that count could at times, you know, make either invite people to come or deter them from coming based on what they thought the numbers were going to be. And what I think I always saw from that was as like hunting groups quit coming, like if they one time broke their tradition, you know, say they came for the last 15 years and they hunted at so-and-so's farm, they stayed at this motel. If one time all of a sudden they did not come, it was really hard to get that tradition started again. And yeah. I kind of wonder mm-hmm. if, if that will happen with, you know, some of these groups going to Canada, like, you know, is some of the some of the group going to now go to, you know, North Dakota and some are going to wait and they're going to do a trip to Texas later or whatever. You know, if that happens, that's kind of a big deal and tra- changes a lot of things in terms of, I mean, nothing in the overall big scene of hunting, but in individuals, you know, stuff, it'll change kind of how their habits are. So I was curious yeah, about I that. Yeah, I think a lot of it will depend on, you know, like, you know, how many of the outfitters up there survive. Yeah, that'll you know, be like, huge. As for like, you know, me and my crew, you know, we, we go up there and we freelance, but, you know, that's not for everybody. I mean, that's a, that's, that's hard work. And it's know? a long trip to not be, not that you're guaranteed with an outfitter, but exactly pretty and, good chances. Yeah. And, you know, and so many of the people that go up there, they're looking to go to an outfitter to where, you know, you basically all you got to do is, is show up and, you know, eat and shoot and, and sleep. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying is, oh, is that if, there, if, there, if, there, if there's not outfitters up there for these people to go to, then, you know, it'll, it'll be tough to, it'll be tough to weather that storm. I mean, that's because you're, you know, and that's, you got September and October for most of those guys are probably running all September and most of October, I would guess, or at least mid October. Yeah. That's 45, mm-hmm. 45 days worth of hunting that's gone. That's a big chunk out of someone's paycheck. Yeah, exactly. Especially so. when you're buying. Because I think in, Bill, you would know this more. In most of the provinces, you you lease like an area, right? Is that the Yeah, case? see, that's I've already thought about that. I wonder what Canada is going to do. Um, I can only speak for Alberta, uh, but but a lot the outfitters have allocations up there and they buy or yeah, like you say, lease the allocations. Um, maybe some listeners can chime in. I don't know if that's a year by year or a contract thing, but when I was up there a lot, it, uh, it then it, I know it was a year by year thing because some outfitters would have to give up their allocations. So that'll be, that'll be interesting alone in itself. Cause this is going to cause havoc on all outfitters for sure. Um, you're going to see tons of them close up. I know that for a fact, cause they offer, you know, they need every year's income to continue operation. I mean, I, the margins I think are kind of thin on that stuff. Well, they're not working. You're, you're, you're also not, I mean, 
you're buying a lot of equipment and people. Oh yeah. And a lot and, of uh, things happening in a short amount of time. So I don't know what they'll do. You know, if they're, if their government will postpone the allocation payments this year is what I guess me just thinking about this for the first time is what they should do, but will they do that? I don't know. And if they don't for sure, that's going to take down a ton of the outfitters. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, I, I would be surprised. Those allocations, depending on what they are, some are really expensive. Oh yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. some of the like the higher, like pressure areas, I'm sure it's, and they don't, they don't go cheap. So you got to pay for that, and they're paying for their lodge. Mm-hmm. And I mean, now, I mean, somewhere in this time, the the guides are probably saying, "Well, what am I doing? Am I coming to to guide for you or not?" So they got to right soon. So they're then all of a sudden, if it does open, well, then what? You can't just hire someone in the last minute and expect them to know where fields are and all that yeah. kind of stuff too. So that's, oh, it just sounds like a mess, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah that's not gonna I know, be good. I, I don't. You know, I've really only talked to one. You know, a guy I know that guides up there, but he had told me I don't know. It's probably been a little over a month ago that you know I guess they've got a lawyer up there that takes care of all their work visas and stuff for them. You know, and um, so. I don't know what it takes to, you know, that process, but I guess my point in saying that is, is, you know, it's not something that you can just up and say, well, if they open it, uh, you know, the, the, going. Middle of, the middle of September, yeah. Yeah. You can't pick up shop and go up there. I mean, it's, it's a little bit more involved and. Oh, for sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's not going to be good. Um, I was just going to say there's, um, um, I, I wasn't saying Bill is that uh, your buddy, uh, Trevor sent me a message. Yeah um about wanting to be come on the podcast sometime and you know he's a guy that we know it's from this area and he's got a pretty successful service up there i'll have to ask oh him. yeah I'll, I'll reach back out to him and see what his you what know his we are. do that's actually a good idea phil because we keep hitting on this canada thing all the time because it's super interesting and uh he's got a lot of years in up there he's been guiding he's been guiding up in alberta since 2003 i think yeah so, so yeah, he'd be a great, he'd be a good one to talk to. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, but you know, another- I know for myself, though, I mean, I'm gonna miss going up there. You know, like I, I just, I just love going up there. I love the remote countryside. I love driving around scouting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't know if I've said this before, but like, you know, the the hunting is what it is. Like, you know, I mean, it, I'm not, you know, it it. In my opinion, you know, after you dry field shoot mallards, you know, a couple times, I don't care how many you kill, like it's still always the same thing. So, you know, so it's actually not so much the actual hunting that I love to go up there. I just love to go up there and, and just, it's just neat to get out. And so, you know, I'm going to miss not going up there for sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, just pray all this gets out of here that, you know, everything will be up and running for next year. But, you know, even if they did open it up, I think that, you know, you might have to quarantine for 14 days on the front side when you oh, get there. That's possible. You come back and have to. Yeah. Quarantine. I mean, <laughs> that's not happening. You know, another, know. another thing that's going to be really impacted by all of this is going to be a lot less pile picks and videos of birds getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where, where's, where, all the influ- where's all the influencers are going to get their, um, to get their yeah. media from. Yeah. They're not going to have any content of, you know, tons of <laughs> yeah. birds getting shot, brown mallards getting shot and huge swarms of Canada's and, and snows coming in. That's going to be mm-hmm. almost emergency level. You know, mm-hmm. 
I kind of, I, I think that'll be hilarious to see all of a sudden how, how many uh, less quotes you hear about people bragging about how many uh, birds they shot this year. You know, oh, we shot 2,500 birds, but, you know, uh, 1,900 of them were in a 10-day trip to Can- Canada, so. I guess, mm-hmm. just, I guess they'll just post more, keep posting more bikini pics if they don't have any <laughs> any duck pics to take. So. That, that's a whole different variety of that of that crowd, which I don't think we'll get into on this episode. But um, we'll talk about all that one of these days. Uh, that's so, exhausting. Oh my god! I I don't even want to think. I don't even want to think about it right now. Oh boy. Um, you know, so we were talking. Um, I was well. I got to thinking the other day, and then talked to uh, uh, Bill about it. Was about how like, as you start to like, and you're in the middle of summer, and you're kind of out of the duck hunting game a little bit, other than just the things you try to do to keep in it. But things you take for granted, and the moments that you kind of really, you maybe they're they're like the cool moments. Those kind of like defining moments of duck hunts that you maybe take for granted if that makes sense they're super important but they're not the things that you that you always think of um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think we're we um we want to maybe not quite as regularly as our uh things duck hunters say column but maybe occasionally always come back and touch on this because i've got a pretty substantial list going myself of uh moments m- cool moments and cool feelings during a duck hunt Mm-hmm. I think I think we want to talk about, um, and I'll just throw the first one out there. And I mean, this one's almost oh. this one's almost too easy for a duck hunter. But for me, <laughs> one of the coolest coolest moments that I have on any duck hunt um, is when you hit a duck call and you see a duck turn and come back into you. Like that to me is almost the pinnacle best moment of duck hunting. It never gets old. No, no, it really doesn't. Knowing that you, yeah, blowing that call and knowing that, I don't know. I mean, I know it's a group effort and all that stuff, but when you do it as an individual too, it's knowing that you just did that. And I think that's like the basis of me being in love with duck hunting, really. Oh, for sure. There's, yeah, without a doubt, that's like the thing that always, always kept me like just super engaged in it. And it's not, it's not like, turning a mallard duck is some gigantic um you know undertaking but it's still it's just like ryan said it never gets old anyone it's one of those things it's one of those things if you have to explain it to somebody they won't understand and they've never yeah. and they've never seen it yeah and they've never so if it's never happened and they just don't don't get it i mean anyone who's yeah, watched sure. any of my like little snips of um duck hunting that i've i put up on instagram um, there's a fair amount of them where you'll hear me almost kind of like giggle out of um, joy whenever you see that first first single mallard snap around or the first one out of the flock turn and then the rest follow them or you're or hearing say oh my god oh my god oh my like mm-hmm. something like I just like it just doesn't it just never gets old like even if I couldn't even if I couldn't hunt for some crazy reason. I would still go out and just sit and watch that in the fall. 
Yeah, see, I've done that in the spring, and it's not the same, not but it is same. comparable. It, yeah, they don't react the same, but in the fall, it's just oh, yeah. Man. You know, the groups, the groups aren't as big, and they're not as aggressive in the spring. Exactly. You know? Yeah, they're not. Yeah, so that's my that's my first my one key moment that if I have any of them, I don't know what to yeah, piggyback off that. At Ike off that what's what's equally satisfying is you know turning them from calling is being able to stick your head back under the blind and say to the guys we got them we got them we got them like there's <laughs> yeah. that's satisfying too to be able to say that yeah i dig that moment when I mean, kind of everybody kind of looks at each other mm-hmm. or there's a realization amongst everybody that you all know what's happening i dig that that's a cool moment too yeah yeah absolutely was that yours bill mm-hmm no, no, no. I got a bunch of them. I'm just, uh, I don't know where to, I guess I'll go with this one. This one's kind of funny. Um, getting, getting permission, um, especially on like a really good spot, like a spot you found it's good. There's birds in it, whatever it might be. And you're like, well, and you go knock on the door and and uh getting permission on a hard spot too like some of these uh farmers or people i've landowners i've talked to they almost start out a little cold with you and just trying to be as polite as you can cordial as you can honest being super honest with them and hoping that they understand that about you and they end up giving you permission and that walk back to the truck if your buddy's still sitting in the truck and to be able to tell them you got the spot like yeah, i don't know man there's something super satisfying yeah. about hearing that farmer say well yeah you can you can hunt out there and i don't know it's like a satisfaction is getting the birds you know yeah that does feel good because it's it's almost harder than getting the birds once you're out there i think it is it is and then like having depending on like what you worked out with that farmer but like knowing that okay and then like you drive back to that spot to look at it and that's like this is our spot we're totally legal we're legit yep he said we can pull in right here at this access point like there's like an emotion that's in the vehicle your scouting vehicle at that time then and it can go the opposite way when they say no but yeah oh that's but when you do get what's that that's painful when you have to drive past that spot yeah and then, then you just start scouting somewhere else i don't even go back and look at that stupid spot then you know i nope. can tell you know to, to add on to that bill i can tell you a little story of you know this past year in canada mm-hmm. you know i mean it was the last day you know part of our crew had already gone there was only four of us and and um and we found and we found the x mm-hmm. well i could not get a hold of you know the 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 landowner um, stopped by where we thought it was, you know, a call left messages, nobody was there. So, you know, obviously without permission, we're not just going to go hunt it. So, you know, we had a plan, we had a plan B and a plan C too. So, you know, we thought, yeah, we'll just do plan B, but you know, we really wanted to be on the X. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we get back to the cabin, you know, we're just sitting there eating, you know, everybody's kind of down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. And, Lo and behold, that landowner called me back. You know, I left a message on the answering machine and said, "Yeah, sure, go on ahead and go out there." Oh. I mean, and when I and like say, you could just see the you could just see the expressions on everybody else's face. Like, you know, was them listening to me talk. It was when they knew that we were on the X. Mm-hmm. That almost was, never happens. Getting called and, back, well, and I say, and you know, and I don't do the permission thing like you guys 
you know, do on a regular basis, basically just only while we're in Canada. But, you know, for all the years I've been up to Canada, that's the first time that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as getting we're a, phone a phone call back, back is not, yep. not common. Yep. Yeah. It's you know, and I say he was such a nice guy. He said, all oh, thing I asked for is, you know, just pick up, you know, pick up after yourselves. So, yeah, absolutely. But, but I say it was, but to get back what Bill said, you know, like when, you know, we went from being on like a two to being on like a 10 mm-hmm. with <laughs> in a split second when that, you know, so. And that's probably how yeah, you also described exactly right. how your smiles went from pre phone call <laughs> to post phone call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh man. I love that. All right, Ryan, what do you got? Well, you know, honestly, like my number one is, is very similar to yours. Like, you know, just, um, you know, we hunt a lot of migrating birds and stuff and to, to see the big water of mallards up there and to, in the second, you know, they hear, and see you or just hear or just see you and you know they all grab their ankles you know? mm-hmm. that's that right there is is you know and like what bill said too is is to be able to look at the guys back like we got them we got them we got them, we got them. Mm-hmm. you know like, stay on them stay on them stay on them um you know i mean that right there can get me about as fired up as is um but you know another thing with it you know i won't go into that anymore but like, you know, when you're expecting a weather event and you know it's, you know, and, and the weather conditions for that day are, are supposed to be exactly what you want. You know, and like I said, I have a, a mudroom in my garage where I keep all my stuff. So, I, you know, so like when I walk out of the house and I look up, you know, and I can see, the, you know, I can see that the, the um, limbs on the, on the trees blowing and look up and see stars, you know, that mm-hmm. I mean that right there, there uh, that that's a good feeling i have mm-hmm. to, I have to scratch feeling. off some of my future ones now that you mentioned stars because yeah. seeing you know, stars another, is very high yeah. up on my list too yeah another thing too which is kind of i've always thought i mean this is just for where i'm at but like you know we want a good stout we're a good stout northwest wind you know that's, that's that's where we shine well about you know 30 miles northwest of here is a paper mill you know, so it, I've always said when I can wake <laughs> up in the morning and smell the paper mill, mm-hmm. you know, shit's about to get right. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I like that. Yeah. I'll, uh, I can piggyback off that one. Cause on the top of my list, when you said, you know, cool, cool moments in hunting, um, I wrote just migration in general. And it's to kind of come off of what, what Ryan's saying, when you know, the weather is ripe. And like me, I'll stand out on my porch and let the dog out or something at night, like late at night and I'll hear geese. Yep. And then the next morning, you know, you go out to your spots. Like if I go out to a lake or something and like, we can't even get decoys out and there's already like ducks landing around us and stuff Mm -hmm. when the day before there was none. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know. Like I know this bird migrates. I know these birds migrate. I've known it since I was a tiny. Right. Mm -hmm. But I get giddy and excited. Like I've never seen it before. Like like, this migration in general and knowing that it's right on your doorstep. It's this is happening right now is definitely a very, very cool moment. Yeah. It's a very humbling experience. Mm -hmm. I like it. Oh, you're part of something bigger. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Is what it is. And I, I've what always, this other one, I'm going with my, with some obvious ones here for my first two. Um, but mine 
is just simply pulling the trigger. Like how, mm-hmm. like how satisfying that is. Cause it's kind of like the final combination of everything. And there's something about just that guns going off and your own, and you getting to shoot yourself. That is like one of those really fun, cool things. I mean, you know, we've talked about it before, but like, shooting is shooting ducks is obviously what we're out there for and i think just the actual act of pulling the trigger is mm-hmm. maybe not like maybe not appreciate as much because i think you really notice it when you almost have that flock in and then at 40 yards they pick up and they're gone and mm-hmm. then you you're left just sitting there going ah i guess that kind of like I don't even know how to describe it. The anticipation that you had of getting to do it and then you can't. And then you're just like, oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. And so another like little side piece of that, I was going to do it for a completely separate one, but I think it's even it goes along with this one's too close to not. Is that when you do get to shoot and then when you shoot and you clearly fold the duck you're shooting at and you mm-hmm. watch it and poof, you see it go down and you move on. And that's like that whole act of getting to shoot and shooting and pulling the trigger and folding a bird. I think that whole thing is a very, it's a moment like, I mean, that's what I'm essentially going out there for. And man, I just like squeezing the Mm -hmm. trigger. There's just something about, I don't even know how to describe what, when your hand grabs, it's like, you're just like, I don't know. Yeah. That that made me think Phil by you talking about that is, you know, my all time favorite quote is, you know, I think most people know I'm a historian and a a real nerd when it comes to the history of the sport, but you know, the, the famed outdoor writer, Nash Buckingham, uh, if y'all aren't familiar with him, like look him up, but the guy, he was, he was full of quotes. And my favorite Nash Buckingham quote is how kind is it to know that you will never know when you have fired your last shot. Yep. That really makes sense. Yeah. That's that's pretty deep, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, puts emphasis on you know uh, what you're saying is is, yeah. is is pulling is pulling that trigger yeah yeah you know phil you've so over the years like right you got the different stages of a hunter and stuff like that you know we all yeah. talk about that and i've never seen the official list i've just heard it i guess yeah. and 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 uh there was definitely like numbers days for me for for a lot of years and then i kind of slipped into this more philosophical stage like where I caught myself kind of saying, oh, it's just about being out there, being with my friends and that. And the last couple of years, you've been like bucking me on that in, in a good way. You probably don't even know you're doing it right. You know, yeah. and you've been saying things like, well, if it's if it's uh, about being with your friends, why aren't you doing it? You know, in the summer or or something like that. And and you've made me like I wouldn't say question myself, but rethink about it when it comes to shooting, because I for years have been like, it doesn't matter if I shoot one or a hundred or none. Uh, you guys can shoot this and that. And I, I realized I kind of talked big about it, but just in like the last couple seasons, you've been saying this, like, Oh, the, <laughs> the shooting completes the process. Why would you not want to do it? I want to shoot mine. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've actually like, like gone back on how I was starting to feel like, yeah, you're right. You're right, dude. It, it really like, I need to shoot and I get grumpy if I'm on the bad side of the blind or something like it's oh, still yeah. in there. Like oh, it's, yeah. it's, I, you know, I don't need to shoot them all every day. Right. But it, it completes the process and it's super satisfying as a hunter that you got yours, yep. you know? 
Well, I think there's a lot to that is it's, you know, I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, I, I you know, actually, I don't go out there to, to, to watch the sunrise, you know, granted that's the best. And it's also not all about, you know, just going out there and just making a big old bloody pile. It's, yeah. it's, it's the whole process of it, you know, you know, just, well, you know, for example, there's many days, you know, that, um, you, you know, know what it we, is, it's all know, the, these things we're talking about right now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, but like I say, there's days that, you know, we'll pass on um, groups of spoonies or, or teal or just, you know, um, gray ducks or, or anything else, just, we, just to wait on mallards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if, if we think that our, the, the potential is there to have mallards, you know, that's what we're, we want to shoot. So if it was just all about the kill, you know, like, you know, man, we'd be stacking up the spoonies and, and the everything first else to come in. You know, yeah. so, I, I, so, I mean, it's, it's still a part of it, but it's like, you know, but it's not, I, I guess it's kind of hard to explain. Cause I mean, it's not well, all I about exactly what and, mean. And, and eating cheese and crackers and watching the sun come up. Like to me, like I, to go on what Bill's saying, it, it's, it's about the process, you know I yep. mean? The process and the opportunity to, because I'm telling you, like when I go out mid December or early January and I'm getting bitten by mosquitoes and I'm in the fog and cloudy, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm not very happy. <laughs> no, you're <laughs> mad at him. <laughs> you know, and, and I'm not having a good time. No, like, like, um, no, you know, man. even if we shoot, even if we shoot a few birds in those conditions, I'm still not happy and not having a good time because mm-hmm. that's not what it's not what you not, like planned out. It's not the things you dream of. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. literally why I came up like with this, this kind of like concept is because these are all the things that, that add that culminate into what, you know, anyone would, considered to be a cool hunt it's all these things and i kind of wanted to do it as a way to for us as ourselves talking but for everybody else just to kind of appreciate those things that Mm -hmm. that happen that you know maybe we don't even think about it but it's all all kind of yeah it's it all is very so as we were talking i forgot this and um i'm gonna we're gonna talk about it someday but my um i created a duck hunting satisfaction equation one day I was I was bored. I was at Bill's house one last summer. And he was he was making pizzas and he, they were super. Busy. I thought it was a scale. I thought it was a scale. Didn't you call well, it the scale? It's an equation slash scale. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, I've got that. Now I'll, I'll go into that for the details sometime. But a lot of this stuff kind of comes into that. So it was kind of kind of mm-hmm. fun. With with that, my last one for today of the uh, the cool moments. Um, and this is something that I I. I don't take it for granted. Um, I probably could with how lucky I've been, but, um, you know, say it's, say it's 20 degrees. You're at a remote boat launch. It's pitch black. You are in the back of the boat. Your buddy is back in the end. It's windy. It's cold. It's dark. You can't see anything. And the motor hits the back of the, the motor just gets into the water and you turn that key and the motor fires up that moment right there is invaluable exactly <laughs> that is like one of the best things you don't ever go oh that was so good but yeah like the sense of relief and like oh yes yeah because in contrast at that moment when you hit that key and nothing happens uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> it is the worst it is the worst uh, from a, the best feeling to the worst so. yeah you're super excited to oh shit now we got to deal with this yeah, or thinking you're not getting out or whatever else. 
So yeah, yeah I agree with you. All right. Who else has got one? I got a, I got one here. This one is, um, I think most of our uh, hunters can relate. I, this isn't like a super cool moment, but it's something I appreciate so much. And it very rarely happens being set up 30 minutes before shooting time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Being able to just sit down and be like, there's nothing to do. I like that. Yeah. Actually. Yes. Sit yep. there and you, and you, and you can say to yourself, wow, we can actually just kind of chill the hell out for a minute. Yeah, I, I, I hate I hate when I'm wringing sweat. There's another group possibly moving into your area. Um, you know, the decoys are froze up. We're way late. Like, Phil, you and I almost argue on those mornings where you're like, I don't know, just just throw it out. We we got to get in. We yeah. You know, and I, I like I hate that, right? You yeah. and I are damn good friends, and we'll damn near fight out there because we're not <laughs> set up. I'm mad at your dog. You're mad at my dog. Decoys. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I'm just saying like you get no, mad at stupid things, yeah, right? And, and, or you're, or maybe you're not mad, but you're all sweat. Like you're, you have like, I'll be done with decoys and I'll look and the blind looks like shit. And there's only five minutes left, you know, yeah. until it's shooting time. Like, I hate that stress. So I absolutely love the exact opposite. Like got up on time, didn't hit traffic, whatever it may be, you know? Yeah. And, and you have 30 minutes to now just sit with your hunting buddies and anticipate, like think about the anticipation or what's about to happen. Yep. Yeah. You're right. I, like I, had, I hadn't thought about that one, but that was that right there is high on my list. Yeah. It really mm -hmm. is. You know, I, you know, I'm the one that, you know, I, I've never been really late for in my life. You know, I'm, I'm the first one there every morning. I, I don't like to be, I don't like to be rushed. You know, mm -hmm. like, like yeah. I say that when you finally do get in the blind and, you know, like, you know, if, if it's, if you, as soon as you get back in the blind after putting everything out and, and you're wringing sweat and you're two or three minutes in the shooting time and mm -hmm. you, don't have, yeah. you don't have a chance to cool off and, you know, it just, you know, when, you know, duck hunting supposed to be, or waterfowling supposed to be satisfying and yeah, not relaxing. stressing you out. Not, mm -hmm. not stressful and you know, yeah, that's a good I avoid, one. I avoid those at all costs. So, last one I got, like you know, um, which you know, I, I think people with, you know, I've you know, I hunt with the same crew, the same group of five or six buddies, you know, pretty much day in and day out, and we've hunted together for years and. Um, you know, and, you know, just to be out there and like, you know, I always hunt on the far left side of the blind and my buddy Kelly hunts on the right side of the blind and he's got a specific whistle that he does. And if he sees birds, you know, and in our blind, in our blind, you know, we do, a, we joke around a lot, but, but we don't ever joke around and say we see birds when we don't or, mm -hmm. you know, yep. and, and silly stuff like that. So, you know, so like if we're in there and I hear Kelly at the other end be like, you know, like that, you know, however it is that he does that, I know things are fixing to get, you know, things are fixing to get interesting, you like know, that, so, yeah. I said, you know, that every time. Yeah. Then, you know, like, and my buddy Andrew that hunts with this, like, you know, he usually hunts in the, like, cause you know, where we're at, I can't always see good off my left shoulder and we're on the right side, you know, Kelly can't see great off of his right shoulder. So, you know, and that's where I can see what's off of his end, you know, and so forth. But my, and my buddy Andrew in the middle, like, um, you know, like it's just one of those deals that you know that when you're when your hunting partners, you know, make a no, you know make their specific noises that you know things are fixing to get right because nobody's joking around. But you know, Andrew will always get real excited. You know, like he'll be like right side, right side, or left side, left side. 
you know, like just hearing him the way the tone he does that always gets me fired up. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's fun. You know, like I say, you know, some, some of the other guys in the bind might be like, yeah, there's some birds out front or, you know, but, you know, just like Kelly and Andrew, the, the way they go about when they see something, you know, I mean, that to me, that never gets old. No, you know, and, and, and to know that, yeah, and to know that you're and to know that they're not joking around when they do it. Yeah, I like that. Like, I mean, that's like I say, you know, that's you know, we, we run a, a pretty tight ship on in, in our blind, how we do things. Like I say, and like I said, we, we joke around a lot, but you know, we don't joke around mm-hmm. about silly shit like that. So, you know, nobody's ever gonna have to worry about, you know, when I was saying, you know, get ready, get ready, get ready. You know, and everybody gets grabs their gun, but oh, just kidding. You know, I could, I could pistol whip somebody for that. <laughs> yeah, you're, walk, you're walking back to the access. Yeah, exactly. So, but you know, just so it's just when I hear those specific sounds, and I've heard them for so many years that, like, you know, and another thing about like when Kelly does that, you know, and you know, you guys know how it is when you hunt a certain spot long enough. Like, you know, there's times like you know, I'm the guy that's in the blind that that never sits down. Like, I'm always on the I'm actually I'm always on point. You know, I don't go to the back of the blind. I'm always on point. I'm always watching out. And you know, and you'll I'll, I'll see a lot of birds that I don't even say anything about because there's no point in it. You just know you're not going to do it. Yep. You know, you know, like when you hunt somewhere long enough, you know when to when when to say something to your buddy. And and pretty much all of us are like that. So I know when I hear those sounds like you know, he's not going to do that just cuz he sees a duck. If he's if he's if he's doing his whistle or 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 even say anything at all is because, you know, they're he's he's been watching them for a couple of seconds and they're getting and they're doing what he thinks they're the, the body the, position the, is right, their wings exactly. are doing the right thing, yeah. at the right height. You know, I, I mean, I, I I can honestly say I don't know that I've ever been disappointed one time when when my, my guys have my buddies have indicated something and 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 look up and you know be like, you know nothing's going to happen. Like say anytime you ever bring like a less experienced guy, they'll be like, you know, like, Ooh, Ooh, right there, right there out front mm-hmm. up and they're, you know, and they're two counties away. Yeah, <laughs> no. you know, Didn't like, get excited you know, for that. Yeah. Like I said, like I said, we got a little bit of training here. We're going to have to do on you, bub. So yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but like I said, just hearing that, you know, just that whistle or just that, that excitement in their voices. I mean, that, that, that never gets old. Yeah. Well, when you've had it, ingrained into you that's just kind of like a it might as well be a duck quacking overhead for you mm-hmm. that's cool yeah yeah cool i kind of like that those are i think that's fun it's a easy way for us to be uh touchy feely was still talking about cool things that we're doing while we're duck hunting and we're experiencing yeah. so uh, yeah i like that i like that one we should keep doing that yeah yeah we can always always come up to we threw i yeah i've got another like dozen that i have down yet so and that was mm-hmm. after a, little, a short little brainstorm. So we'll get some more. Uh, yeah. I think let's uh, let's wrap her up on this one, and we will. Um, I know the audio maybe has not been the best on this one. Um, and just so people know, we're gonna do a different um, a different feed next time that should alleviate all of that going forward. Um, um, but we are gonna close it out with um, the ongoing um episode ender of things duck hunters say <laughs> and uh i'm gonna let you mean funny funny things duck fun, hunters say? Yeah, fun, things funny things duck hunters say yeah it doesn't have to even necessarily be funny it could some of it could just be flat out incorrect. Uh, sure. some of it sure. could be yeah. some of it could be 
assumed to be incorrect, but is correct. Um, so if you one of you guys can go first. Well, all right, I'll go. Like, you know, I maybe you guys have heard this. I, I assume that everybody has because anybody that I've ever duck hunted with has heard this joke in the duck blind. It's corny, it's cheesy, but, um, you know, like, and I guess my, you might ask, you know, newbies, but like, you ever had duck sausage before? <laughs> they say, yeah, I mean, are you guys know where we're going with this? Like, nope, we'll duck down and get you some sausage. I mean, that, <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you, like, I mean, I've never really met anybody that has not ever heard of that joke in a duck line. I have not. I have not. I have not heard of it. Well, there you go. Yankees. You should have whipped it up. You're up here, man. That would have been a good one. Yeah, I just. But yeah, I say it's just like, yeah, yo, man, you ever had duck sausage? Like, no, I've never had it. Well, duck down here, get you some sausage. I mean, that is like, I don't know. Maybe that's just like one of those greenhorn jokes. No, that's funny. I mean, yeah, but like a dad, pretty good dad joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh Bill, go ahead. Uh God, I'm just trying to figure out which one to pick. Um when you're hunting, especially goose hunting more than anything, but it can be duck hunting as well. And a semi lower plane happens to fly by you. Say. I knew that's what you were gonna say. <laughs> and someone always has to say, hey, Bill, why don't you call that one in? <laughs> Way off in the distance. I knew oh, you were going to say that. Stupid humor. That is, mm-hmm. that is a uh, goose guide version right there. Oh, a past, yeah. a past yeah. goose guide. I've heard yeah, that yeah. one myself a few times. And Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I've you, heard that. You want to give like the like, corniest laugh ever back at the guy, but you can't. <laughs> funny all right so mine is another coming from ah, it's not really retail but i heard it a lot then um when i was working and say it's october 25th and i'm walking in the cabells and it's pouring rain out and you get in the store and immediately someone knows who you are and they know you're a duck hunter the first thing they're always going to say is Huh, but you were wishing you were out hunting today. It's such a ducky day. Ducky day, yeah. <laughs> it's a ducky, a ducky day. It's a ducky day. I'm like, man, you have no idea. I don't. I got to the point where I just agreed with him. I said, yep, yep. Sure is. Ducks love to fly in this rain. They love it. It's probably one of their favorite <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah. like, Phil, why do you, why do you, I mean, you and I have talked about this before, but it might be good for the show. Why do you think? that a dreary shitty day well, is simultaneous with good for duck hunting. I I do. So I do think there's probably places and situations where it, it does help. Um, and I think that that is, if you are super well hidden, like really well hidden because the, the rain comes with clouds and clouds, just are make it hard to hide. So mm-hmm. if you have, if you have the clouds and you're well hidden, I mean the ducks do fly lower when it rains. I mean they don't typically they're not up as high, so that maybe makes it easier for some ducks to come down lower. Or, I mean, and this is something that you see from YouTube videos and Instagram videos that when people talk about ducks coming in, well they're not really 
coming in and most of those videos they're just flying up overhead and people are shooting at them so if they're just naturally lower well people are probably going to have more success and shoot more ducks that way even though they're they don't finish as well if you if you pride yourself and want to get ducks hovering over your decoys it's harder to do that in the clouds and the mm -hmm. rain so i think that's maybe why i think that happened i mean i don't know exactly but i don't know to me that kind of goes back to the stages like you know i could be out there on a on a rainy where it's piss pouring rain and and just the worst conditions and and hammer them and I'm still going to say it was a shitty hunt. Yeah, you, know? you didn't enjoy it as much. Yeah, ex exactly. Because it's not the conditions that I wanted. Like, because yeah. I mean, I'll, I mean, I, like, I, you know, I mean, I'm not saying I don't hunt in rain. I, I don't make a habit of it. I've got four eyes. I wear glasses. You know, like, <laughs> it, it's it's miserable for me like to hunt in the rain. Mm -hmm. You know, because you can't ever see. And so you know, so I, I'll just say you know, there's there's been times that I've, but I will say this about. One time I, you know, I will always make sure that I'm out there. Like as soon as it's done raining, you know, if we've had big thunderstorms come through, you know, things can really be, things can really be right on the, on the back end of a, of a storm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you I, know. and I've talked to people who, I mean, that I, that I consider to be like killers and they love hunting in the rain. Yeah. So, I, say I, I mean, know. it's just, it's different perceptions, but I just, I feel like, most 95% of guys I know who are hardcore mallard hunters and do it right and yada, 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 they're, they're wanting the same good stiff wind and some, yeah. some blue sky. Yeah, I'll, I'll say, I mean, out of all the, you know, out of all my friends that I have through all this, like, you know, most of the time when I hear somebody say that, you know, they want clouds and dreary weather and all that you know like i don't even give them the time of the day i'm like well you're like yeah but you know, i do have you know i mean i have there's one buddy that i have out there from you know central illinois i mean and i hold him in high regards of being a killer you know and and he'll say like man you know we need clouds and, and we need some spitting rain and and all that and that happens it's on like you know i i trust him yeah you know it works it is that not, it works not for me it's it, i say i mean it's i can't imagine but you know but even if it does you give me you give me you give me a bluebird day uh and give me a bluebird day with you know right around the freezing right around the freezing mark yeah. with a good stiff you know 10 to 15 mile an hour wind you know oh that's the ticket mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna have to quit talking about it right yeah now. Okay. <laughs> you know how much we talk about galding weather is ridiculous so we've already need to watch oh, that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife is so, so funny. Like my wife will ride my ass during duck season because I will literally spend half my day. It seems like looking at the weather. She's like, do you really think it's going to change from the last time you looked at it? There's oh. hope. There's hope. There's always hope. I check it at constantly. <laughs> Please just show sun sign. It, it makes getting up easier that, yeah. that much yeah. better. I get made fun of on the night before. I'll have my weather app up on my phone and be watching it on the news at the same time. Oh, yeah. And, and you're like, I don't believe this one, but the one with the this wind and that <laughs> sky, I believe that one. And tomorrow yeah. I'll believe the other one. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I will say, you know, this past season, like, you know, there's a um you know, I listen to one, it's it's BAM Weather or B A M W X, you know, they have like a 
a podcast deal and, and you know, they're chief meteorologists, like, you know, starting from, you know, mid November to, to all the way to the first of December, you know, it's going to be a December to remember, you know, we're going to have, you know, like, you know, and I mean, I would get fired up about that and I would send the guys a link to it like every day in our group chat and you know like they always ignore me and once december come through there it was 150 percent the exact opposite <laughs> what he good? said it was going to be and you know and, and the and the meteorologist i mean he even you know said you know i was wrong you know i was like you know like looking at all their previous data he's like you know like I was 100% wrong, but I mean, what a disappointment. Damn right you were, buddy. You don't understand how many Mm -hmm. of my feelings hung on your forecast. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. I love it. Cool. Well, um, let's wrap this thing up for the day. And I just want to give listeners a little heads up, another uh, housekeeping note, um, is that we will be available on Spotify they used to have, when I started this a couple of years ago, they had a deal where you had to have like 10 episodes out before you could be on there. And I guess they do not have that anymore, which and we're now over 10. Um, so I just got an email this morning saying that um, we've been accepted onto Spotify and it could take a day or two for the link to be active. So depending on how quick I get this turned around. So, so where all can, um, you know, I've had a lot of people reach out and ask me like where we can find the podcast at like, you know, like I'm not real tech. I'm not a real techie person. So, I mean, all yeah. I know is go to the podcast app. I yeah. guess that's so there's a ton. So, there's a ton of ways. So, if you got an Apple phone, you know, just the standard Apple podcast app that comes on your phone, you can get it there. Um, you can get it on the Google uh, Place. I don't know if it's called Play Store anymore, but whatever they call it now. Um, so, for any Android phone, you can get that. Um, it should, you know, I need to check, but I think. Um, my hosting service posts it directly to my YouTube page. So it's there, which is, it's like Phil Conkey waterfall. If you search that on YouTube, um, there's, it's available there as an audio. Um, it is available on my, on the shooting time podcast website, which is just shooting time Um, once we get going here, we also, I want to be able to put some photos up and some other like show notes on there as well. So take a peek at that sometime. And right now, basically all you can do is leave comments, but we'll get some other stuff up on there for you, but you can listen yeah. to it straight on there. Um, and I think- Spotify will be available. So like pretty much everywhere that a person would go to listen to podcasts, it'll be available. What were you saying, Bill? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say for the people listening too, um, whether you reach out to me, I can only speak for Ryan and Phil, let us know what you want us to talk about too. I'm totally open to that. We're not going to be able to cover everything people ask, but, uh, let us know what you want to hear, what you want us to talk about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. I mean, you can reach out, you can find me on Instagram at RKE graves. Um, my emails at, my email is rkegraves at gmail.com. I don't do a whole lot on Facebook. So, um, like I say, so basically reach out to me on Instagram. If you guys, you know, I've had several already, you know, just reach out and say they've, they've listened, enjoy it. You know, just, just whatever. I post a lot of old hunting photos and stuff on there. And, um, like I say, I'm not a, uh, you know, I'm not a, if you're looking for bloody pile pics, you know, I mean, you might see some pictures on there from, 
that are a hundred years old of bloody pile picks, but you're not going to see any, you're not going to see any darn duck season. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. Well, so. Brian's got a cool pay Instagram page. So yeah, he does. It's really, really, I like, I like checking out that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, take so. a peek at all that. There's a bunch of avenues to connect with us. Um, but yeah, check out either that website or like the shooting time podcast, Instagram page. Um, you can reach us all on there. I mean, these guys are going to have access to that too. So everybody can, can chime in on there. So, we will, um, on that note, wrap her up, and we will catch you guys mm-hmm. all next week. Thanks for joining. See ya. See you guys. See ya.